Hey guys, I know you're going to enjoy a look back on an amazing time for the Holbrook Football Club, winning its 13th senior premiership and its last in the Albury and District Football League. The 50s was a prosperous time in Australia and Holbrook, a small town on the Hume Highway between Sydney and Melbourne, was also enjoying good times. A massive thank you to four of the five surviving members of the 1955 team who contributed to the making of this episode. Laurie Cottrell, Colin Black, Teddy Warns and Peter Straw. This episode is sponsored by the Holbrook Bakery. G'day guys and welcome to the next edition of the Glory Days podcast. What a year for sport in Holbrook in 1955. First up, it was a premiership for Holbrook's women's hockey team in what turned out to be the first of an incredible achievement of 14 titles in a row. While the Rugby League had a year to remember, winning both first and second grade premierships in Group 13. All that was left now was for Holbrook to take the Aubrey District Football League flag. After eight rounds, Holbrook were anything but premiership contenders as the talented but underperforming Brookers sat second last on the ladder, just two wins from its first eight rounds. However, under the guidance of World War II return veteran and 1948 Melbourne Premiership player Stan Rule, they turned things around to complete a sporting trifecta in the submarine town that will never be achieved again. Sit back and enjoy the story of a famous victory inspired by a team of champions that was converted to a champion team as they strung together nine straight victories to lift the Brookers 13th Premiership Cup. Season 1955 loomed as a great opportunity for Holbrook to make amends for the previous season when after finishing second in the home and away season, they fell away to lose both finals matches. Cole Cairn, who went on to win its third straight premiership, easily beat the Brookers and then the following week it was another big defeat to Wagga. Stan Rule, who played in Melbourne's 1948 premiership and represented Victoria in 1949, was back for his second year as coach after having coached Wodonga 1951 to 1953. Teammate Peter Straw spoke about Stan Rule. He was a, I don't know how to describe him, he's one of those uh, types that didn't get, he used to get excited only at the football, do you know what I mean? In round the town he was a very excitable person. He was employed at the bowling club but he was a very good greenkeeper <laughs> and uh, he finished up like most of the football coaches here did, Bill O'Brien's pub. Uh, on the football field, it was not do as I tell you, it's follow me. You know, he always led the way. And uh, that the players appreciated that. It uh, wasn't do as I t- tell you to do, you just follow me and uh, follow my example sort of thing. Yep. He was a thinking coach and uh, he, when you trained, you trained to, to a set routine, but it was just as much for your position and where you played in the team as anything else. And uh, but as I said, once he walked to the football on the football ground, he was a, a different person. He was a he came out of himself. You know what I mean? He seemed to stand up straighter, but he was not the best citizen in one way because after the football match, he mightn't turn up back home till Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first footballer to do that. But he was, he was, he was uh, 
a good citizen other than that. He really was, and well-liked around town by everybody. A third of the side was made up of the Warns brothers, Len, or John O as he is known, Ian and Teddy, and the Cottrell cousins, George, Laurie and Kevin. Holbrook would be without Brian Brennan for the first month. Brennan, who had won the previous seven best and fairest awards, was unavailable. Ted Cheever, who was president of the club for eight years, was in his second year as president and had an enthusiastic committee ahead of round one versus Colcan on April the 30th. The Lions were coming off three straight premierships and made the trip across the Billabong confident of another successful season. After a slow start, Holbrook came home with a strong finish and with only minutes remaining, they were within five points. However, Splinter Liston banged through his eighth goal of the game as the visitors won by 12 points. John O'Warns, Cole Black and Des Britton were the best for Holbrook. Round two was an away trip to the Rock and it turned out to be a very long day indeed for the Green and Golds with the Rock belting the visitors. The Rock, after a relatively even first half, turned that 14-point halftime lead into a whopping 83-point victory, with Jim Newton seven goals and John Condon six goals unstoppable. John O'Warns was best for Holbrook, while his brother Ian kicked three goals. Gresham Hodges and Stan Rule were others to stand up in the heavy defeat. Back at home for round three, and it was a brilliant display up forward by Ian Warns that inspired Holbrook to its first win of the season against Wagga. Warns was sensational, booting 11 goals as Holbrook won by 69 points. 17-year-old Teddy Warns played a blinder on the wing and big Leo Musgrave booted four goals as the locals' eight-goal third term showed just what they were capable of. Next up, and a trip to Mangapla that take on the old rivals, Mangapla Cookadinia, who were unbeaten and on top of the ladder. An upset was looking likely as Holbrook led a very inaccurate Goannas by 25 points at the last change. After they had kicked 2-12 in the first three quarters, Mango stormed home, keeping Holbrook goalless and booting six goals four to win by 13 points. Stan Rule, Laurie Cottrell and the Warns boys were best for Holbrook, who were now just with one win from its first four games. The youngest of the Warns boys spoke about playing together. Oh, it was excellent. You had that little bit extra confidence, you know, like the friendship and the, the assistance, they, everybody gave everybody. But no, John O was, he was always marked in so far as it doesn't matter whether it was rules or league, if they could down him, they would. Ian was the same, he could take a knock and think nothing of it, but if someone knocked me, for instance, they, uh, they were tackled, tackled a bit heavier. <laughs> but if you're in a pack and you're coming out, and you had to get rid of the ball quickly, you basically knew where your brother was. Yep. It, it was one of those senses. It, it, it you know, couldn't be 100% sure, but it was one of those senses that you could kick the ball into the open and know that he was there waiting for it. Round five, and the Brookers hosted Euron Creek, who, like Holbrook, had only enjoyed one win for the season. The game heralded the return of Brian Brennan, and boy, oh boy, he did not disappoint, kicking seven goals from a forward pocket. Defender Cole Black says Brennan was a brilliant player. He, without a doubt, the most devastating player I've ever had any dealings with. When the going got tough, the tough got going, and by Christ, he was one of them. He never looked for any sympathy, but he never looked for trouble. But if, if, 
if things got out of hand, like I he, he was on the wall, I can tell you. And he was a wonderful guy. His effort was matched by Ian Warnes, who continued his great season with seven goals to take his tally to 24 so far. Holbrook's 57-point victory should have been more as they wasted percentage in kicking 17-28, including five goals 12 in the third quarter. Rule again dominated the ruck with a vintage display. Another home game against the red and white of Henny was expected to be another win for the Brookers after its impressive form the week before. Henty, however, had other ideas and came to play, jumping Holbrook with a five-gold opening term that set up a dominant four-quarter effort. The Swampies ran out 60-point winners, with Stan Rule and John O'Warns the standouts in an otherwise pretty dismal performance from Holbrook. The disappointing round six loss was not a great tonic for the trip to North Wagga, who were led by Australian football legend Ron Clegg. Clegg's playing career for South Melbourne was nothing short of amazing, just like his decision to head Bush to coach North Wagga for the 1955 season. Clegg had won the 1949 Brownlow medal, was runner-up in 1951, and he represented Victoria on 15 occasions and had won the South Melbourne Best and Fairest three times. Clegg was named in the South Melbourne Sydney Swans Team of the Century and in 1996 was inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. He coached the South Melbourne Bloods for two years and was captain for six years. The trip to McPherson Oval in Wagga would complete the first round of home and away matches and after four quarters were complete, it was a bad day for Holbrook. Not only were they soundly beaten, but they lost coach Stan Rule to a knee injury in the second quarter. The Saints with Clegg dominating one by 59 points. There was a bye the next week for the interleague clash with the Southwest Football League. Laurie Cottrell on the half-back flank and Gresham Hodges on the wing were both selected from Holbrook. Southwest District League proved too strong for the Auburn District, winning a high-scoring match 137 to 97 before a massive crowd of over 3,000 at Narandra. Hodges kicked the gold, while in the schoolboy's curtain raiser, a young Frank Warns starred in the Aubrey District's 32-point win over Southwest. So at the halfway point of the season, the Premiership race appeared to be a two-horse race, with MCU and Colcan both level with six wins. The Rock and North Wagga were next in third and fourth position with four wins each. Holbrook were in sixth place with just two wins and five losses. A trip across the Billabong to meet an unbeaten Colcan was on the agenda for Holbrook and they were without Stan Rule. Holbrook kicked the first goal of the game, but after that, Colcan booted 10 of the next 12 to set the tone for a day of dominance. Key forwards, Splinter Liston six, and coach Frank O'Leary four goals destroyed the Brookers' defence. The dominance continued in the second half as Colcan won by a whopping 80 points. On a dark day for Holbrook, its seconds did not score in a 100-point hammering. The Brookers limped back to Holbrook with their heads down and the final stream in tatters. Peter Straw said that this result, as devastating as it was, was in fact the catalyst for a change in fortunes and mindset for Holbrook. Straw explains. We just weren't playing as a team. I believe there was too much competition in the team for the ball. Uh, to try and score goals 
and uh, try to win it on the, each match on their own. And really to sat us down after that. And I mean, we were whacked. Uh, and we were so sort of down in the dumps at the training on the following Tuesday. He just said, he made us have a good hard look at ourselves yep. and where we, we actually fitted into the scene and what we had to do. And he went through everybody's position and what they normally did and what they were supposed to be doing. And uh, and it, I believe it turned us around because we had a good hard look at ourselves. And uh, as I said, he preached this, you kick the ball to the player in a better position. You didn't try and take the team on on your own. In other words, he cut out a lot of the individual efforts of trying to break tackles and, and you know, clear off on your own. You move the ball around, and that's what we learned, ball movement. Languishing in third last position with just two wins from its eight matches, the Brookers' percentage was sitting at just 79, and they simply could not afford to lose one more game if they were to play finals with six rounds remaining. The Rock made the trip to Holbrook and came out on fire to continue the pain for the wounded Brookers to lead by 20 points at quarter time. The normally placid Rule, who was still missing of injury, blasted the Brookers in the break as supporters had all but conceded that this season was over. But from somewhere, a spark was ignited as Brian Brennan and Ian Warnes cut loose up forward with John O. Warnes dominating the midfield. Holbrook put together its best football of the season in the last three quarters as a team football became the mode of play in a very good 49-point victory. Round 10, an away game to Wagga, who were on the bottom of the ladder without a win, but they were looking to end the Brookers' season. That they almost did, with the Tigers leading for most of the match. With a 13-point lead at the final break, an upset was on the cards. The Brookers, however, found another gear with Gresham Hodges, Teddy Warns, Leo Musgrave and Kevin Beasley standing up. They won by eight points. Next up, it was a home game, a big crowd against bitter rivals Mangapla Kukadinia, who were on top of the ladder and full of confidence. In a brutal and fiery contest, it was described in the press as the roughest game seen on the Holbrook ground in years, the fists flew in a fiery opening term. Kevin Beasley from Holbrook and Eric Kruzberger from Mangaplar Cookadinia were both reported, with Beasley being handed a massive eight-week suspension after striking the Mangaplar Cookadinia boundary umpire that ruled him out for the rest of the year. Peter Straw said Beasley was not the instigator and may have been the victim of severe provocation. Uh, the ball was over on the hospital side of the ground. As a boundary throw in, Kevin was in the ruck uh, at the time, uh, with Stan taking a rest up the back. I was on the half-back line and the ball was thrown in and the boundary umpire followed the ball in and he hit Kevin. I'm pretty sure he punched him in the face, but he hit Kevin. Goodness uh, me. Yeah, he, he ran in and hit Kevin and Kevin, being Kevin, retaliated. Yep. And the next thing, young Eric Kutzberger stepped in and I believe it was the setup. I, I honestly do. And at any rate, it was on for young and old, and uh, Kevin and Eric had a had a couple of rounds, and there were a few others around. Of course, I mean we all moved in on it, and of course Kevin was reported. I think young Cook Eric got. Uh, I don't think he played in the first again. I'm not sure. I have a feeling because he was in, had been in the seconds most of the year. At any rate, and he was a big boy, Eric. 
and I think he was in there just to stir Kevin up. I don't know. That's only it's only a, 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 a feeling I had. And of course, Kevin got uh, whacked eight weeks for striking a boundary umpire, which he had, yep. and he freely admitted it. <laughs> yep. But I tell you what, that boundary umpire had to beat a very hasty retreat out of Holbrook. The game not only had plenty of rough and tumble, but it had the quality of the highest level, with both sides turning on an epic contest. Holbrook got home in a cracking finish when Brian Brennan goaled in the final minute to take victory 73-68 with John O'Warren's best on ground. The Brookers made it four wins in a row the following week with a 37-point win over Euron Creek at Euron Creek with Ian Warnes and Brian Brennan both kicking five goals. Euron Creek had kicked the first three goals of the game before John O'Warnes, Cole Black and Todger Bergen regained some ascendancy for the Brookers who were back in the top four for the first time this season. Next up was a season-defining clash for Henty, who had to beat Holbrook at Holbrook to take the Brookers' position in the top four. In a tight and rugged encounter, Holbrook prevailed by 15 points to put an end to the red and white season, with Cole Black and Arthur Bates both outstanding in the back line. Holbrook, despite the win, still had to win its final home match against third-place North Wagger, as the Rock were just one win and equal percentage behind them. North Wagga started well and led at quarter time with Ron Clegg superb. However, Holbrook gradually got its running game going and built a 12-point lead at half-time. John O'Warns, Gordy Taylor and George Cottrell were in great touch and Brian Brennan, five golds, the Brookers sealed a finals berth with a 31-point victory. Cole Cairn finished minor premiers after beating MCU in the second last round to set up a second semi-final clash between the two teams in a fortnight. Third place went to North Wagga, and with Holbrook finishing fourth, this meant that these two will again clash the following week in the first semi-final eliminator at Colcan. The Baz medal for the league's best and fairest player went to Holbrook's John O'Warns on 20 votes, three of head of Mangapla Cookadini United's Ronnie Bunyan. Ian Warns kicked 57 goals for Holbrook, and along with Brian Brennan, 46, they formed a very dangerous pair up front. Holbrook seconds had failed to make the finals. Colcan was the venue for the first semi-final in perfect conditions and the standard of the football match played that day was amazing. In front of a record crowd that witnessed one of the best finals matches in years, Holbrook beat North Wagga 16-13-109 to 14-18-102 to make it seven wins in a row. Rover, Jeff White, played his best game of the season with seven goals. Stan Rule, Gresham Hodges, Peter Dennett and the Warns boys were outstanding. But the real surprise packet was English-born Peter Straw, who took on North Wagga coach Ron Clegg and curtailed his influence. Straw explains his role given to play on Clegg. Stan said to me, he's yours. If he goes to the grandstand, you go and sit with him. If he goes to the toilet, you go with him. If he goes shopping, you go with him. You just run with him and make him earn every kick. Don't do anything dirty, because Stan wouldn't have that, but you just make sure he earns every kick. 
And I noticed he got a mention as one of the best on ground. Well, I dispute that because I reckon our blokes were any rate. But at any rate, my idea was to to take Figgy out of the game. And I liked that he got in. It's a tag. I was a tagger. No, they're bloody annoying. Taggers are annoying. <laughs> and he said to me after the game, he said, you're the best, worst footballer I've ever played on. You can't play football and you wouldn't let me play either. Next week, Mangapla, Cookadinia and Colcairn met for a place in the grand final at The Rock, with United getting up by 22 points. Colcairn's hopes of a fourth straight premiership were dampened with bad injuries to captain Frank O'Leary and star wingman Ray Schultz that would see them miss next week's preliminary final against Holbrook. A fully fit and confident Holbrook made the trip to Bolton Park in Wagga fully aware of the Colcairn's injury woes and pounced on the opportunity. Peter Straw commented. They were down a couple of players, uh, but we were on a roll. And we and uh, the old enemy, we had no fear that time. We went to play Colcairn, and as far as we were concerned, we were going to win. It was as simple as that. And uh, uh, we wanted to play in the grand final again against uh, Mancomanca MCU. In front of a record, preliminary final gate, Holbrook jumped Colcairn with five goals to nothing first quarter and carried on the dominance throughout. Brian Brennan was in vintage form, kicking seven goals. Jeff White, Todger Bergen and Ian Warnes all kicked two apiece. The Cottrell boys, George and Laurie, along with Peter Dennett, were magnificent in defence, while Stan Rule, Gresham Hodges and John O. Warnes starred on the ball. The 48-point margin was a perfect tune-up for the grand final. And with no injuries, the Brookers were looking to make it nine wins in a row next week and a premiership. Apart from Kevin Beasley, out suspended from the infamous round 11 brawl when the two teams met last time, both sides were at full strength. Mangapla Cookadinia went into the game a warm favourite with all media and coaches tipping a Goanna victory, apart from Clegg, the Saints coach. The venue for the grand final was Colcairn, where coincidentally, a few weeks previous, almost half the team had experienced grand final success in Group 13 Rugby League, with Holbrook first and second grade taking out the Premiership. MCU, kicking with the advantage of a breeze, started the game well and took a two-goal lead into the first change in fairly heavy conditions. The Brookers settled down nicely in the second quarter. By half-time, the margin was just seven points in favour of MCU. Holbrook's small men, an advantage in pace, was starting to wear Mango down. And with the breeze at its back, went into the last quarter just two points behind. Early in the last quarter, Peter Straw kicked his second goal that put Holbrook in front for the first time. Straw explains how he kicked his goal. It was one of those tough games where every kick was hard. You had to earn your kicks. and. Uh, uh, we were down right into the third quarter and I, I think I'm pretty sure it was Georgie Clark. I beat the ball and kicked the goal, so I let him know. <laughs> I was very happy about that because uh, we led for the first time in the match and uh, we knew that we could win. United coach Jimmy Marr, however, marked and goaled to regain the lead before Todger Bergen, a rugby league premiership player, booted a wonderful goal for Holbrook. The Brookers, with their large band of supporters cheering loudly, never looked back and played inspired and committed football. Ian Warnes gold, and after brilliant lead-up work by Jono, his brother, before Brian Brennan sealed the game with his fourth gold in the dying minutes. 
As the siren sounded, the crowd stormed onto the ground. A sea of green and gold, with supporters greeting players with hugs of pure delight. Peter Straw knew they were closing in on a victory late in that last quarter. We had the feeling, I had the feeling that we had them. You know what I mean? We were not going to lose from there. And it doesn't matter, we were just not going to lose from there. Uh, we were in, Holbrook was in control. And it was simple as that. We were in control of the match there in the last uh, 10 minutes or so. We were in full control of the game. The impossible had been achieved. Down and out, halfway through the season, the Brookers understand rule charged home to one of Holbrook's greatest ever premiership victories. Peter Straw said it was a wonderful achievement and one that was celebrated accordingly. It uh, uh, went to two or three in the morning in Holbrook. Uh, Bill O'Brien was the club uh, uh, sponsor uh, patron and he, he from the middle pub and he donated two kegs of beer. And uh, we had a pretty good night, I tell you. Fittingly, it was Stan Rule, the captain coach, the war hero, who was named the Brookers best in a champion team premiership performance. Final scores were Holbrook, 11-9-75, defeated Mangapla Cookadinny United, 8-9-57. The Holbrook 1955 Premiership team was, from the back line, Peter Dennett, George Cottrell, Bob Kendall, half back line, Arthur Bates, Laurie Cottrell, Colin Black, centre line, Teddy Warns, Len, John O. Warns, Gordon Taylor, half forward line, Kevin Cottrell, Leo Musgrave, Todger Bergen, the forward line, Ian Warns, Brian Brennan, Jeff White, the Rucks, Stan Rule, the captain coach. Gresham Hodges, Peter Straw. 19th man was Des Britton, and the 20th man was Billy Wilson. Well, there you go. What a season of sport it was in Holbrook in 1955. An achievement that was celebrated by over 500 people at a special banquet in the town's Shire Hall a month later, celebrating the wonderful premierships by the hockey, Rugby League and Australian Rules teams. A reminder that if you would like your own team's, town or club's great sporting moments brought back to life, please get in touch with us at yoursportandmedia.com. But for now, stay safe and we hope you can catch some more glory days of sport.